Are you a man who's struggling to gain confidence as a leader? Do you lack clarity in how to find it? Well, this is the Mentor Forge podcast, and I'm your host, Cartwright Morris. And like many of us, I too have struggled to gain confidence in many areas of my life that I needed confidence to excel. So I went on a pursuit to gain confidence by taking more risk in my decision-making and in my relationships, and it led not only to confidence in my life, but success. Each week, you'll hear men speak about the risks taken and the confidence gained in their business, relationships, and faith. And if you're looking for the same, you can go to mentorforge.com to find out more about what I do in my confidence-gaining leadership program. Now for today's episode. So I got a great guest today, J.R. Rivera. JR is a podcaster himself. He is uh, his podcast is the Results Leader, and he does this with the Podcast Factory. I welcome you to check out the podcastfactory.com. Well, JR, it's well, it's great to have you in today. Brother, let's make sure that we start this on the right foot because I didn't warn you, but do not call me a podcaster. All right. I'm a <laughs> businessman. With a podcast, let's get a, That's right. <laughs> I should have, by looking at your website, I should have known that. I should have known that. But yeah, he's a businessman with a podcast because this is just a great marketing tool. It's a great way to get out your message as someone who's in podcasting, who's also would rather be a businessman with a podcast. Hey, I like that. I like get that. It. Man, yeah. start. We are. We're starting on the right foot here. Well, Jr. I mean, uh, you know, before we just dive into your story, you know, we talked about lists a little bit on camera. Uh, you just got back from a ski trip with your family, getting your son on skis. You know, as a snowboarder, I know that's that's hard a little bit, but uh, I would love just just curious the value of taking your kids and having them experiences outside of their normal, and how is that a value for you as a, as a father? Man, so we're going right into that. And uh, yeah. to be perfectly transparent, it's mildly offensive that my son is on skis because I spent the last 10 years snowboarding. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was a valuable lesson for us because we uh, we love getting on the mountain. My mm-hmm. wife and I, I'll call her Cupcake. And uh, Cupcake and I love getting on the mountain. And it was our dream to have our son on the mountain with us. And we spent the last three to four years and thousands and thousands of dollars investing in snowboarding lessons only for the kid to throw tantrums, be upset and never get on the mountain with us. And I had this epiphany one day, brother, I was, I was praying on it and thinking about it. And I asked myself, what matters? Mm -hmm. And the only thing that matters is the boy on the mountain with us. So does it matter how I get there? skis or snowboard or toboggan or whatever, as long yeah. as it's on the mountain with us. And so that was a, a pretty interesting lesson that we had recently. And mm-hmm. it was so fruitful when we put him on the mountain and we had our first ride together. We're like, why did we wait four years? Why didn't we just do this the first year? And that was ego. Yeah. That was ego holding us back. We're a snowboard family. Right. <laughs> right. Who cares? <laughs> We're a family. And so mm-hmm. I've got four, four pillars of purpose and they go like this. Mm-hmm. Faith, yeah. family, fitness, finances. And so if I'm right with the man upstairs, then I can take care of my family. Mm-hmm. If I got my family right, I can take care of my body, my temple that I use to serve. Mm-hmm. And I found that when I have those three things taken care of, the finances seem to work out. 
And so I think all the pieces fit together, but you got to know what your priorities are. Yeah. And that's good. You just recognize that. I mean, how many people just ha- not having a self-awareness, you know, I'm sure many, all the snowboarders out there listening probably know that feeling. And they're like that, that it's in the back of their brain, like, all right, fine. Cause they're right. The value of them getting, being on the mountain with y'all is needs to be higher than, and, and he'll kick you get into snowboarding. I got it. I snowboarded the first time when I was 26. So, you know, Thankfully, it was a powder day. So, (laughs) lovely. Uh, So, Jr. I mean, so you talked about your four pillars there of of purpose. You know, I know that wasn't always the case for you in your life of valuing your relationship with God and family and all those things. So, yeah how would you how would you describe your story of coming to faith in your in your history with God? I'm blessed, okay, because my mm-hmm. parents did the best they could. And yep. they were Sunday Catholics, put me in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to Catholic school and, and learned the virtues until I got kicked out in fifth grade. <laughs> so the good news is... Is there a story there? <laughs> I was just a bad kid. My parents, my parents worked really hard, mm-hmm. and they moved us. Like We lived in New York, and... We were in the Bronx and the Bronx was really rough at that time. And they moved us to Brooklyn to, to the edge of a nice neighborhood, to the edge, because that's what they could afford. And there was a Catholic school there and a church and, uh, they worked a lot. I was a, a latchkey kid. And so because they were so busy working and providing for us, they weren't really involved in what was going on in school. And mm-hmm. so I was a little wildling and. Uh, I remember one year when, when, when we were going from fifth to sixth grade, they told my parents, uh, yeah, we don't want them back. <laughs> you know what? We don't want your money. And that, that, that's a lot, right? We don't want your money. You know, they love money. <laughs> Seriously. <Yeah. laughs> I had to go to public school, but I think the seeds of virtue were planted early and I, I feel fortunate for that. And of course, there's ups and downs in life, and we we go away from our faith and we come back. And it wasn't until many many years later, when my mom passed away, that I got back into my faith because of my dad's example. He's like, "I know you're confused. I know this is a hard time. We need to pray. We need mm-hmm. to get to God." And I was okay, Dad. Whatever you say, I don't know how to deal with this. And fortunately, that brought my father and I much much closer. Right. And around the same time. I I met my wife, and one of the things that she loved about us, right, because you're getting the whole family when you get married, one mm-hmm. of the things she loved about us was I was close with dad, and we went to church, and she was seeking to get back to church. And so it started there, and it's just been snowballing over the years. I mean, I've been with my wife, I don't know, 18, 19 years, just snowballing closer to God, closer to God, closer to God ups, downs, back, forth. But I've found that when I have my faith right, Mm -hmm. I can serve as I was meant to serve. And that's the duty that I have to my family, the duty I have to my clients, the duty I have to the work and and my mission in this world. Yeah. So was there, um, would you say you're still Catholic? Still? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm 100% Catholic, brother. That's awesome. That's awesome. So what what was the uh, turning point in your life? Would you feel like there was a mid-20s? Was there a, a low point that was kind of the breaking point? Or was it just constantly like just 
improving, keep God, continue to draw him back to himself. How would you describe that? Yeah, I mean, the thing was, when my mom died, I went back to church. And at that time, I hadn't finished my confirmation. So I got confirmed. And then soon after that, a couple of years later, I got married in the mm-hmm. church. And we did the same thing that our parents showed us and that we grew up with, okay, church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do. And it's a thing. And that, that was it for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when we decided to have children, we were together nearly, what, eight years before we decided to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And uh, we tried naturally, vigorously for two yeah. years and uh, didn't get anywhere. Mm-hmm. And we decided love is love and we're going to adopt. And we decided to, to adopt from the Philippines and, and through a faith organization. And one of the things was, hey, you got to be practicing. That was one of the, the, the caveats of going through this organization. And we're like, okay, well, we need to practice a little bit more. And ever since that boy has been here, I find uh, that I've learned empathy. Mm. I don't think I knew before. Just wow, the way it is. Mm-hmm. And I found myself seeking wisdom Mm-hmm. and seeking virtue so that I can instill it into this boy. Because I think that a lot of people get this wrong. And here it is. Listen closely. People say they're raising kids. And I think that's wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not raising kids. We're raising adults, productive members of society. And in order to raise an adult, you need to instill virtue in them. And in order to instill virtue in them, you got to be practicing. And so I got to practice hard in order to give this kid what he needs, just like my body, right? I work out hard because I want to be able to lift him up and carry him and show him what a man is. Mm. Man, that's good. Yeah, what is what is the saying that I keep hearing? And it's so true as more as I get, as as the older I get, more is, um, what is it? More is seen versus taught. Like your your child tends to absorb what they see versus what they are being actual taught and actually seeing a man of virtue. And you talk about showing you what your what a man is, and this is something that the men are forged that we're really I'm trying to get in this conversation is like, what, like how do we define what that is, right? Because we've got we've got a lot of definitions out there in culture, but I think as we, especially our belief in God, He's telling us something of what a man should look like, especially a man right now. So how would you define that? We're leaders. Yeah. We're leaders and we're leaders in Mm -hmm. every area of our life. And that's why I've got those, those pillars is like, I'm a faith leader. Mm -hmm. And just the other day I got the most beautiful gift and my wife and I, I don't know if you've ever heard of the hallow app. Love this app. It's a great app. It's a Catholic app. And there's prayers and meditations and music and all, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And um, my wife listens to the, the daily gospel now. It's one of the things. And she wanted to get into the daily practice because me, I've had the daily practice. I get up in the morning, brother, and it's a rosary. I'm banging out a rosary. That's right. Mm-hmm. Then I, I'm getting into my Bible and I'm getting into that quiet time because I need to get my head right for this day. And I need to armor myself for what's coming. And so I've been doing that. She sees a change in me. She wants to do it too. And the guy's name is Jeff Cabins that we listen to. He's he, he's a very entertaining fellow and reads yeah. the daily gospel and then preaches on it and, and gives you a message. 
And one of the messages recently, at the end of it, he said, go thank whoever brought you back. And she came over, she gave me a hug and kiss, and she said, thank you for bringing me closer. That's what a man is, a leader. Mm. Man, that's really good. Um, That's fascinating. So where do you see that? Um, translate into, man, other areas of your life? How do you see that actually now as a, like you said, a businessman with a podcast? You know, uh, I know you have such a high value for podcasting because of just the message you have to share in growing a business. So take us a little bit on the journey of, you know, why you see the value in business and, and specifically podcasting. Today's episode is brought to you by Thrive Marriage Lab. If you want your marriage to thrive, this is a great opportunity to use. Strong marriages are the bedrock of strong churches, organizations, families, and communities. This is a 12-month pathway for any of you that are looking to really have weekly engagement with experienced marriage counselors. Not just one, but many. So go to restory.life backslash thrive to get on the waiting list for this great program that starts in April. That's restory.life backslash thrive. And make sure you put the word forge in the promo code to receive a discount on your monthly fee. Now, back to the episode. I, um, so I went through the downturn in 2008 and I was in real estate and I got slammed. Yeah. I lost yeah. it all. I mean, mm-hmm. it was a, a, an incredible beating that we took. Uh, Dad lost his house. I lost my house. I lost myself. I didn't know who, who I was. And it took me a while to rebuild. It, it took me a while to to get back into the swing of things. And one of the tools that helped me get out of the funk, luckily, a friend put me onto Audible because I didn't read much at that time. You can imagine, because I, I didn't graduate high school, right? You can imagine yeah. <laughs> voracious reader I must have been, although now <laughs> there's books behind me, books around me, books everywhere. Yeah. But at that time, I wasn't a reader. Somebody put me onto Audible. I was enjoying that. I wanted more. And I found something called iTunes. And they had podcasts. And these podcasts had education in them, free mm-hmm. education on topics I never heard of. Yeah. Like, entrepreneurship, internet business, Hmm. marketing. And so I went on a deep dive into podcasts and I, I realized there was so much I didn't know. And there was so much information there. And this is way back like 2006, seven, eight. Uh, So it was a little different than it is today. Uh, Mm -hmm. Proliferation of podcasts. We can get them in our car now. It's easy. It's a different thing. You had to work for it. But when I got, into the idea of diversifying my income because I got slammed in real estate. I didn't want that to happen again. So I wanted a, another stream of income mm-hmm. and I heard about this internet business type of thing. So I started looking at how I could do that internet business thing. And part of building your brand at that yeah. time was to be a thought leader, doing air quotes for people who are not watching us. <laughs> leader. And in order to be a thought leader, you had to have a blog. So the guy that can't read ain't going to write. But I did see this podcasting thing as my way to do it. 
And so that was exactly what I did. I learned how to do the podcasting, the technical thing, get the message out there, connect with people and build a brand with podcasting. Mm -hmm. Man. Okay. I got to put a pin in that because that's, I mean, that's really good. We need to come back. Forgive me, JR. We need to, we need to backtrack. You didn't graduate high school. So you grew up in Brooklyn, uh, got kicked out of Catholic elementary school. (laughs) And you didn't graduate high school, so tell. So give me a little bit of the teen years. What 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 happened? So your parents, so you your parents, they didn't let you tell you you didn't get to go back to elementary school. You know, give us a little bit of story of, and you didn't learn how to read. Help me, help no, me. No, I mean, I wasn't a good reader. I could read, right? right. Let's, not, let's not make myself illiterate, right? <laughs> not like I could pound a book like I do now. Like now, I can. Just oh, right. Read a book a week mm-hmm. uh, or two books a week. But back then, reading was like reading each word and slowly going through it, where an audiobook was much, much easier. I was in the same way that my parents were doing their best to provide for us. Mm-hmm. They had a very narrow focus of what that meant. Mm-hmm. And that meant food on the table. Yeah. Roof over your head. Education didn't really play a part in that. And so... <laughs> I was oddly fortunate when we moved to Florida because this is how broke we were. Um, I came down, my brother came down, my dad came down and my mom was going to join us. We didn't even, man, I've never told anybody about this. Like we slept in the master bedroom on, on blankets on the floor. We had a TV that somebody gave us on a five gallon bucket. And so we didn't have a phone. And so when they, they enrolled me in school. And this is before cell phones. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. We didn't have a phone. So when they enrolled me into high school over there, we had no phone number. And that didn't change the entire time I was in high school. So I could act as badly as I wanted, get suspended as much as I wanted, misbehave as much as I wanted. And I'd be home to get the letter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> And what do you feel like? What about your behavior? Like, what, what, what do you feel like you were? I mean, now that you've looking back, do you feel like you understood why that kid was acting out so much and why he didn't value education or he just figured, you know, he was going to end up having a minimum wage job anyway? What's the, what was the devaluing and what was the acting out? What do you feel like that came from? I think that, uh, part of it was just teenage angst. Yeah. <laughs> I was pissed that my parents moved me from Brooklyn to Deltona. I mean, I went from a city to nothing but woods. I wasn't happy about that. I didn't make that decision. They made it for me, but they did it for a reason. They were trying to give us a better life because Brooklyn, especially the area we were in, was on the edge of, of tough times mm-hmm. to get us out, out of there pronto. But there was that, that resentment. Uh, there was, I mean, think about this. Acting so badly in school and all the school does is send a letter. Like, do they really give a crap? Yeah. Letter, right? So nobody really cared. And I think that was part of the acting out. And and then the the challenge, right? I wasn't challenged or interested and Mm. I didn't really see the benefit. And here, here's the weird part. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, straight D's would have been great. Uh, There were a lot of F's. And there was one class all four years that I was there that I had straight A's in. Yeah. TV productions. 
editing video, doing the news, putting yeah. together scripts. Oh, hey, that? the only thing I'm using right now. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> so I think that I wasn't challenged. I wasn't uh, focused. And I, like now, some of the things I know about myself is I, I need to work out. Like today before uh, I got on with you, I just did a, an hour to Orange Theory, burnt nearly 900 calories to get myself centered. I wasn't doing that when I was a kid. So the acting out was also part of not knowing any better that I needed to take care of myself physically. So it was a combination of things. Yeah. So you weren't in any sports or any activity whatsoever, nothing organized like that. Yeah. Dude, I was, people say uh, I was a rebel in high school because I just did my own thing. I I was a reject. Mm. That's what I was. I was an outsider. Yeah. Okay. So let's go back to podcasting and getting to that and iTunes and figuring all that in the world where it was really, I mean, it's still relatively new even today, right? But, um, I mean, it was even, I mean, YouTube was kind of coming around a little bit around then, all that. So, yeah, what made you go, man, I could get really good with this, create a business and help others get their message out? None of that. None of that yeah. happened. None of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> None of that happened. Uh, what happened was I needed uh, an avenue to create that personal brand. Mm-hmm. And the avenue I found was I, I got my first Mac computer and I found GarageBand on there. And I realized, oh, wow, I can I can record audio and I can do this podcast thing I've been hearing. I like them, so other people will probably like them. And I did that and I built a brand off of that. I met new people from that. Mm-hmm. And eventually as uh, I got more mature and the business evolved, I, I got stuck at a certain point mm-hmm. where a couple of years the business didn't grow. And I thought, well, I don't, I don't know what to do. I don't have anybody to help me. So what am I going to do? And I joined my first mastermind and it was super expensive at that time. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And and when I told cupcake about it, she's like, you are insane. Please don't do it. Which is a common, (laughs) common thread in our life. (laughs) (laughs) But I joined this mastermind and I wanted to work on my, I had created a real estate training business showing agents how to get listings, how to get appointments, how to do marketing online because I was doing it. And um, in that mastermind at that time, people were not interested in real estate at all. It's not like it is right now where it's Mm -hmm. super hot. And on the breaks, people would come to me and say, hey, I heard your podcast because I was doing podcasts with some of my friends. I had multiple podcasts at that time just talking with friends and sharing good words and good messages and and trying to help our listeners. And, Hey, I heard you doing a podcast with this guy or that guy. How do you do that? Can you help me do that? The opportunity came to me. I was just open and listening and I'm not going to take credit. Cupcake's like, well, if everybody's asking you about the podcast thing, shouldn't we be doing that? Oh oh, yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
That's great. <laughs> Leave it to a wife, right? To just throw that dagger. <laughs> like, oh yeah, duh. Um, right. So you, you you say that I've seen you, you know, in different avenues, you say this, uh, you know, believe that the right words from the right person at the right time can change your life. You know, one, I, you know, how are you helping others do that with podcasting? But also like, where did that happen in your life? Has it happened multiple times? And yeah, and I would love just to hear your story from that. That's why that's such a tagline. Bro, we just told the story. Hey, yeah. Doug, why don't you go? Like, like this happens yeah. all the time. You just yeah. got to have your ears open. But mm-hmm. yeah, that that that's actually my mission, my life's purpose, mm-hmm. and what God put me on this planet for. And there's... All right, let's give... I have so many examples, but I want to give one from my buddy who I did the the making agents rich show with. And, um, I did 180 shows with him and that was our first big hit. But Mm. before that we had tried a couple other podcasts that never really got anywhere, never got any traction. And I remember it was around 2012, I think when he got married and I went to his wedding and we were doing a podcast together and i told him i'm out like dude we're spending money we're not making any money we're not making any impact i i can't i I, i'm out and he told me and this guy has saved me multiple times but he's like dude we're so close podcast is so close to breaking through don't get out yet just hang on a little bit longer let's give it another shot and i said man I don't want to do this, but you, sir, have helped me out so much in my life, and I am going to listen to you, and we're going to try this, right? So we had mm-hmm. this podcast that went on for, I don't know, a year or so, 20, or half a year, 20 episodes. We burnt that down, took us a, a few months break. He talked me back into it, and we create the Making Agents Rich show, and that's when I started figuring out what I call direct response podcasting, podcasting with a purpose, podcasting that leads listeners to taking action, whether that's Mm -hmm. buying your products or booking appointments. And we planned it out. We had a framework. And before we knew it, that thing was, was spinning off four grand a month. And I'm like, okay, all right. I guess, I guess the podcasting thing works, but if it wasn't for him telling me don't quit, Let's do this. Let's give it another shot. I wouldn't be speaking with you right now, and I might be doing something totally different. Yeah. So what is, and I'll, I'm asking for a friend, what is the secret to podcasting? <laughs> I don't know that there's a secret. I have mm. a, a framework that I use that works for us, and, and there's a, a couple pieces that need to be in place. And I think this is where most people mess up when it comes to podcasting is, and I've done it. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is how I know from firsthand experience. People is like, they, they have the field of dreams mentality, build it and they will come yeah. like, I'm gonna build a podcast. And all of a sudden all my problems are solved okay. wrong. Mm-hmm. That's not what's going to happen. And in fact, you're probably going to get burnt out, spin your wheels and think that podcasting doesn't work. So I've developed the, the, uh, director response podcasting framework in where the first thing that we need to know, number one, we have to get crystal clear on who this podcast is for. Mm -hmm. Who do we serve? Who are we talking to? So 
it's clear to everybody who it's for. Number one. Uh, and, and if you're telling me your podcast is for everybody, eh, you failed. So just, yeah, you know, be aware. Okay. Uh, so number one, it, we do an exercise called the client cloner. And the idea is to get crystal clear on who we're mm-hmm. talking to. That's number one. Number three, and this is another one that people just mess up all the time and it hurts to look at. And that's, what do you want the podcast to do for you? Nobody really thinks about that. Yeah. People, oh, I want to, I want to share good messages. I want to, I want to talk. Yeah. I want to be Joe Rogan, whatever. You're not him. Forget yeah. that. So what do you want that podcast to do for you? Really? And I like to simplify things. Like I said, do we want to sell more products? Do we want to book more appointments? What are you trying to do mm. with this tool? Because if we know what we're trying to do with the tool, then we know how to instruct our listeners to take the steps to take that action. We call that the client matrix, planning that journey out from listener to appointment or listener to buyer, whatever mm-hmm. the goal is. So that's one and three. What's in between? We know who they are. We know what we want them to do. Now it's time to convince them. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. One. Number two is the content vault. And the content vault unlocks mm-hmm. all the value from your listeners in that it eliminates objections. It pre-sells them. It gets them ready to speak with you. And so that's where you start planning your episodes because you know who you're talking to. You know what you want them to do. Now you got to plan out episodes mm-hmm. to convince them to take that action that is good for them. Right. Man, that's good. That's pretty simple. Straightforward. Yeah, that's good. And you take your clients through from beginning to end, starting creating a podcast to developing and getting that's really awesome. Backwards. I, I take them from what do you want? Uh, I need to know there's two things that I look for in my clients. Mm-hmm. And this is why I can't help everybody. Uh, number one, more important than anything is what is their mission? What are they trying to accomplish? Is it something that I can get behind? Mm-hmm. Because that's what I'm doing, right? I'm I'm going to amplify your mission. So it better be a, a pretty darn good mission for me to get involved. So that's mm-hmm. that, that's the, the one thing I look at. And the other thing, which we started this show with, is yeah. cash register. How do we, yeah. how do we make yeah. the cash register ring? So you got to have a business. You got to have mm-hmm. something going on. And I can help you build a bridge from those people out there into yeah. your cash register, whether that's appointments, whether that's selling products, selling books, mm-hmm. getting booked on stages. I don't know what that is, but right. I need to know that you have a business and a goal and you have a mission, and then I can help you put those pieces together. And then we talk about building the podcast. Yeah, that's really good. Huh. That's interesting. Well, JR, uh, you know, I think your story is fascinating. Um especially just with the education piece. And I do like this question from my podcasters, especially those who, you know, don't all have all the degrees on the wall. And I feel like you can really encourage them. So what would you, what would you tell that your 25 year old self from what you know now? (laughs) (laughs) There's a few things. Uh, Number one is I'm going to be nice here and say S T F U shut the (laughs) is 
little cocky Amen. Johnny, yeah. little Johnny thought he knew everything. Mm-hmm. And what I realize as I'm getting older is that I don't know anything. And that's why I have a, a search for wisdom that will last my entire life. So uh, number one is just be quiet and listen. Be quiet and listen. That, that's important. And um, talk less. Mm-hmm. <laughs> listen more, right? So uh, all, all that right there. Uh, number two, stay curious. Yeah. Stay curious. And that's where I've been blessed that uh, I didn't do what they told me to do. And this is the difference between Cupcake and I. And I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that she went to school. She's got the college degree. She's got the MBA. And she is burnt out still to this day on yeah. learning. She's like, I would I would study, 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 put the information in there, download it from a test and not retain it. And she yeah. got burnt out on that. And I feel bad for her because she participated in the school system the way you should. Mm. I did not. Yes. So the blessing that I have is staying curious, dude. If I want to know something, I'm going to read a book. Uh, I'm going to listen to a podcast. I'm going to look up YouTube videos to learn. And Mm. my search for wisdom is never ending because when I get interested in something, I can research it with books. I can spend time in it. And if it serves me, great. If it doesn't, I can just move to something else. And so staying curious is the second one. The third one, and I think this one actually brings uh, the other two together. Jim Rohn, uh, American entrepreneur, pretty popular guy. Uh, if, if you don't know him, look him up. said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Mm. And a lot of us, and this is another blessing since I was bad in school, a lot of us cling on to those old relationships, our high school, college friends, people who are going nowhere, and people who sometimes don't want you to go anywhere either. And so I would say that be very, very protective about the people that you keep around you. Make sure that they're good people, people of virtue, people who will lift you up and cheer you on and want you to win and want you to go bigger. And that's hard to find in your local neighborhood or at the PTA meeting or even sometimes at church, you might not find that. Yeah. What we have to do is be on that search, that quest to find those people. And that's why I join Mastermind. That's why I get coaching. That's why I read books. There's no excuse not to elevate the people around you, even if it's going to the library and getting a biography. So Mm -hmm. shut up and listen. (laughs) Stay curious and elevate your environment to elevate your results. Man, that's so great. Man, and I feel like that's very consistent with a lot of the leaders that I know in my life. Like, yeah, just constantly staying a student, being surround yourself with great people. That's really good. Uh, well, JR, man, I appreciate you coming on. This has been amazing. I loved hearing your story. Uh, where's the best pe- way for people to find you? So uh, a couple things. I mean, if you want to get inspired, if you want to get uplifted, if you want to hear the right words from the right person at the right time that can change your life, go to the podcast factory. We have a little tab called Client Showcase. Find your mentor. Elevate your environment. Listen to one of the shows. I think uh, at the time we're recording this, there's at least 80 or 90 shows on there. Different people. That, that's number one. And you, my friend, if 
you've got a message, if you've got a mission, if you've got a purpose and you want to get it out to more people, connect with me at thepodcastfactory.com. There's a place to book a call right on there. Awesome. And that's booking a call with you? Yeah, wow. With the man, JR. Man, well, thank you for coming on, man. It's been a blast talking with you. Brother, thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, the fun conversation. And thank you for your generosity and the work that you're doing. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Mentor Forge podcast. Like I said at the beginning, confidence is a thing that we struggle with as men, especially in leadership roles. And if that's you and you want to find out more how I help men do that and step more into their leadership in all areas of their life, then you can go to mentorforge.com. You could sign up for a free call or even a free coaching session. I give 30-minute free coaching sessions for first-time potential clients. So go to mentorforge.com and find out more how I can help you become the confident leader that you want to be.